Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Late Breaking F1 podcast, your weekly fix of F1 debate as we preview the Turkish Grand Prix at Istanbul Park. My name is Ben Hocking. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen along. Joining me, no surprises, Harry Eid and Sam Sage. How excited are you for a return to Istanbul, guys? Turn 8 has been living in my mind rent-free for about eight years, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, I'm still reeling from the news that we just heard that Ben was going to have creamy mushroom pasta, but he didn't have any mushrooms. And yeah, folks, Ben's <laughs> going to have creamy pasta. It's meant to have mushrooms in it, but he hasn't done his click and collect properly. So, absolute nightmare over at Late Breaking Central. Got no mushrooms. Um, in F1 news, I am excited to go to uh, to Istanbul. Although oh, I feel no! like... I feel feel like uh, I'm going to feel deflated after the first car goes through turn eight on on Friday morning flat. And we're like, oh, turn eight is not not straight. It's not a corner anymore yet. Yeah. But anyway, never mind. I reckon we'll we'll get to FP1. And do you remember Charles Leclerc at at Japan when he went through 130R one-handed? He'll do the same yeah. thing at turn eight. Is actually no, the Ferrari probably won't even get through to a turn eight, but maybe someone else that they'll just be able to do it. <laughs> Sorry, Ferrari, a minute and a half in, and you've already had your first jab of the uh, of the evening. Be lying if I said it's going to be the last. But anyway, <laughs> let's crack on with tonight's show. Uh, we've got plenty to run through. So the 2021 calendar has ended up very different from. Uh, what we uh, well very different from what we've got this year so a bit of a back to normal theme we'll be discussing the confirmed calendar and how it's looking the downfall of Ferrari and the struggles of Alex Albon mean that a battle has emerged over P4 in the championship so our thoughts there on who's most likely to finish fourth and we're also going to discuss Ferrari's driver academy do they potentially have a problem on their hands 
More on that later. But first, we're going to be discussing the Grand Prix this weekend. And there is a very good chance that Lewis Hamilton is crowned our 2020 champion. He currently holds an 85-point lead over Valtteri Bottas. Uh, He's the only driver who can stop him. If that lead is 78 or more by the time the race ends on Sunday, Hamilton wins number seven. So, Sam, Hamilton has experience with the circuit, former winner there, actually. Will this help him out in his fight against Bottas? Yeah, I mean, experience counts, doesn't it? It's always going to help. He's done well at the other circuits we've turned up to for the first time in a long time, if for the first time ever. Um, And by done well, I mean, he's won all of them. So, yeah, I mean, Lewis Hamilton is Lewis Hamilton. I feel like if he can ever race here anyway, he'd still be the person to beat. He'd still be the absolute one you've got to challenge. You know, he won at Nürburgring. He won at Imola. He won at Portimao, and he won at Mugello. So he's got them all so far, hasn't he? All the nice ones that we were going to get excited for, that we thought we might have an absolute corker. We might see something completely special. We did, don't get me wrong. We saw some great races, but we thought we might see something new up front. No, Lewis Hamilton won them all. Uh, So I feel like a track where he is a winner at, and feels actually, if anything, that means he won't win. He doesn't need to win this track now because he's already won there. So you know what? Bottas and his incredible moustache. They've got it in the bag. Sorted. Yeah, because Hamilton winning at a circuit once before has stopped him in the past. No doubt about that. Um, Harry, what do you think? Um, do you think that Hamilton, he's, he's on a three-race winning streak as well. So the form is on Hamilton's side. He's got experience of the track. It's going to be very difficult for Bottas to stop him. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Bottas, he was doing all right in Imola until um, Vettel's front wing got stuck in his... His barge board. Uh, whether that was the entire reason why he was so slow we, is up for debate. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've spoken about this at, at previous tracks that we've been to this year that are new slash returns to the calendar and whether experience helps you. And uh, I don't know whether it does or not, but it doesn't really seem to matter because Hamilton's just quick at all of them. So, um, yeah, it's always going to be tough for, for Bottas, who... I think has been slightly unlucky in recent races, but uh, you know he's he's just got to keep that form up. His his quality form has you got to give it to him. His quality form has been impressive. He's going up against Hamilton, and sometimes he's beating him. Sometimes he loses out by not very much. Um, but it's just Sundays. <laughs> he just can't convert them like, ever, um, which is just, it must be so disheartening for him. But uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to rule him out for this weekend. But yeah, Hamilton is in sublime form at the moment, I have to say. Yeah, I think, especially at this point in the season, if you're to look back at the last few races, I would argue that Bottas is doing a considerably better job now than he was doing say in the middle of the season so if you think and and the conversion has been the difficult part for him but Imola he got pole he led um Nürburgring got pole he led uh the the race in between those two Algarve um he he led there as well he won Russia so he's definitely putting himself in the positions to win and he just can't seem to close out enough of them Um, which I think has always been the knock on Bottas really is that he can compete in terms of qualifying. He does take pole positions away from the driver that's got more than any in F1's history. It's just a case that on Sunday he can beat Hamilton. He does beat Hamilton, but it seems to be 25% of the time or 30% of the time when really it needs to be a bit better than that. 
in terms of whether experience is going to matter or not, I think at least in qualifying and in practice, I think it was even down in the race in Imola, but there were noticeable differences between drivers who had experience um, and who didn't. So one of the one of the prime examples of that was Carlos Sainz against Lando Norris. So Lando has experience of the circuit. Carlos Sainz, I believe, had no experience of actually racing around Imola. Lando Norris seemed to have the advantage, particularly all the way through qualifying. And it wasn't until the race on Sunday that that leveled out uh, and Carlos Sainz uh, managed to get the advantage back. And I think that was the case across a number of teammates. And in fact, the pretty much the exception to the rule uh, the one who bucked the trend was Valtteri Bottas, because I think there was a bit of contention as to whether Valtteri Bottas had done any running at Imola before. We know Lewis Hamilton definitely has. Yet Valtteri Bottas was very quick all the way through, uh, well, the one and only practice and, and then qualifying. He was very quick, obviously got pole position. So it seems as if, it, we have to remember with Imola, they did have less practice time. So I imagine the impact of that will be will be lessened. Uh, and Valtteri Bottas, to his credit, he seems to be a really quick learner uh, these types of circuits. He, very similar situation at Mugello as well. Hamilton seemed to have it on race day, but in terms of learning the track and, and getting up to speed, I think Bottas has got it. So uh, I think Bottas does stand a chance just because, like I say, he has led every single race in the last sort of four races or so. Um, so he's going to give himself the opportunity, I think. But whether he can convert or not is a is a very different question. Hamilton might well benefit from a bit of experience that he's been here before. I think it's only maybe four drivers or so that have actually done this. But I mean, we've already spoken about turn eight. It's likely going to be a completely different corner to how these guys took the corner last time. So how much can you actually gain from that? Three in a row for Lewis Hamilton. I'd be very, very excited to see if someone else can get, well, Max Verstappen can get in the mix. My thinking is he won't just because there seemed to be something of a revival from Red Bull, uh, maybe towards the Nürburgring, but that seems to have tailed off in the last two races. So I think this might be Bottas versus Hamilton. Don't think Verstappen's going to get involved. Do, do you think that Verstappen might have a chance, Sam? Yes. Come on, super, super Max, Max. I mean, I think that Red Bull, they love it here, apart from that time that Weber and Vettel took each other off and Vettel did that thing where he pointed at his helmet and did the, the, the you crazy sign as he walked towards the crowd. What an iconic moment. You haven't seen that Grand Prix, go and watch it because it was, it was a good one. Um, Red Bull are good here. Red Bull are very, very strong here. And it has the same kind of climate as Brazil and as Mexico. It's, you know, that hot, can be dense climate. Um, the track is of the same stature as well. It's got a lot of undulation, a lot of hill climbs. Um, I do feel like they're going to struggle in the middle sector, of course. There is a, a huge double straight. You've got a straight, little chicane, big straight. Very similar to Abu Dhabi, actually, apart from, again, there's undulation. So there's actually character at Turkey, unlike in Abu Dhabi, where character goes to die. So I feel like Red Bull <laughs> do have a, a chance. I think they've got more of a chance here than they've had at a few circuits this season. Do I think it's going to be enough that they can topple Mercedes? I mean, are they going to topple Mercedes anywhere unless the track is literally 50 degrees? Because that's the only time Red Bull seem to thrive more than Mercedes do. Um, I think it's unlikely. I do think that Max will be in the mix. I don't think there'll be anywhere enough for him to actually win the, uh, the race this weekend. And we'll come on to talk about the calendar for 2021 in a little bit, but there is one TBC in there at the moment, and I'm sure Red Bull are going to be lobbying for that to be held in the middle of the Sahara Desert based on what we've seen so far <laughs> this year. 
Harry, do you see Red Bull slash Max Verstappen making any sort of an impact on the on the race win? I mean, never count out Max. Uh, it, it'll be tough. He's he's dragging that Red Bull around to places it just doesn't want to go. Um, so much so that its tyre blew up last time. Um, uh, look, we don't know what would have happened if he managed to get past Bottas earlier on uh, in the race. Could he have threatened Hamilton? He'd have, he'd have given it a good, good go. Whether he would have done anything, uh, that's a different matter. But yeah, you know, never, never, never rule out Max. Red Bull are always canny with their strategy. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe if we pretend like it's it's not going to happen, it'll happen. Right. So that's, that's the strat. Oh, play it cool here, lads. No and chance, man. Good stuff will happen. No, no, so, no. Sergio Perez will be on the podium. Oh, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Poor Sergio. So, sorry, mate. You'll have to wait till Bahrain. Uh, wow. Nice one, Sam. Sorry. Anyway. Cheers, Sam. Sergio's crying now. So, uh, yeah, conclusion of that is that Red Bull stand no chance whatsoever. Mercedes are going to wrap up uh, an easy one-two finish this weekend. <clears throat> Come on, Red Bull. Do something. <laughs> Okay, with that in mind, should we move on to some bold predictions? Sam, what have you got? Bold prediction. Um, I think that <laughs> um, Alex Albon's going to beat Max Verstappen on pace alone. Right. Well, <laughs> you the silence, everyone. Spice delight. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll do this properly. You like it a little bit spiced, delightful. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> boy. <That is> a, <laughs> Thank uh, you, Ainsley. Yeah, cheers, Ainsley, for your contribution to the podcast. But that is a spicy take. Alex Alban is going to beat Max Verstappen on pace alone. Is that just in the race or in, in qualifying as well? I think it's just a Sunday thing. Um, I think Albon is going to come into this. He, he's had some time out over the last couple of weeks. We're seeing him with Gasly a lot. Um, there's actually images of both of them walking out of a Alpha Tauri outlet with bags in hand. So Albon could be on his way. That is a bit of a rumour there. Get your tinfoil hats on. But I wonder if this is his last chance to show off anything. And I think they're going to be a bit of a fire lit up under the backside of Alexander Albon. I mean, if you're right about this, well, for I mean, you're just going to brag about it for the rest of the year. I think that's optimistic. Probably the rest of the decade, yeah. Um, <laughs> Harry, it's a tough act to follow that one, but have you got a bold prediction? I mean, not not bolder than that, I'm afraid. But uh, no, my bold prediction is that at least five cars will bin it at turn eight this weekend. I think that's pretty bold. Like that's a, a quarter of the field going off on one corner. Yeah, that's um, not bad. I would say that's uh, I would say that's pretty bold as well. I would say that is hot and spicy. Here, <laughs> here, and what? <laughs> Ainsley Harriet is all on board with that bold prediction. Um, I am going to. I'm also going to give a fairly bold prediction because I don't think this has happened this year. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, but both Alfa Romeos are going to make Q2. Ooh, I like that one as well. And I know they they both have escaped Q2, but I don't know if they've both done it at the same time. So could be a season first. Again, correct yeah, me if I'm wrong, viewers, I think, listeners. I think that was a full round of hot and spicy bold predictions, you know. 
<laughs> that was. I'm proud of us. I mean, I people, just... people listening, if you have spicier or bolder predictions, then obviously let, let us know at L Breaking. Yeah, get over Twitter. there. Get involved. I'm sure there's always a, a few spicy ones concerning George Russell getting points. So, you know, bring your best. Bring your best. Can you compete with those? Poll one, two, three, Sam. What have you got here? I'm going to say that poll will be uh, Lewis Hamilton. I think the wing will go to Lewis Hamilton. I think Valkyrie Bottas will be second. And I think that Alexander Albon will be third. Because he is going to beat Max Verstappen on pace alone. Harry, what have you got? <laughs> uh, I'm going for pole Bottas. The win, Bottas. Yes. Hamilton will be second. And Sergio Perez will be third. Yes! <laughs> for the rest this is all. Harry's world and we're all just living in it. Yeah, I- look, for the love of God, Sergio, and Racing Point, come on. Come on. I have to question your tactics here, Harry, because if you want something to happen so much, why are you (laughs) predicting it? That's the surefire way for something not to happen. I'm still living on the high from my uh, correct (laughs) prediction. Carry that to the grave. (laughs) Every day is so good now. (laughs) 2020 has been great just because of that. It's been skipping down the road. There's rainbows everywhere. (laughs) One more prediction correct. It was a monumental day, to be fair. Um, And who knows? Turn 8 action this weekend, you might get another one. But I'm going to go with Hamilton Pole. I think Hamilton's going to have one of his you're not going to touch me this weekend, Bottas um, weekends. I think he'll he'll take the win as well. I'll have Valtteri Bottas in P2, though. um, And then I've got a Red Bull finishing P3. Shockingly, it's not the same Red Bull as Sam. I've got Max Verstappen in third. Don't touch me, all right? Look, don't touch me. I'm all right. I'm all right. Controversial, I know, but bring in the spice. Anyway, should we move on to our next topic, which is going on to the 2021 calendar that has been confirmed this week. Uh, a record 23 races in total, if they do all happen. Uh, and it's something of a back to normal because... Uh, It's very different from what we've had in 2020. Vietnam, which was supposed to host a race in 2020 for the first time, is not on the calendar. And a TBC is in its place. Saudi Arabia, a race that was heavily rumoured, is included as the penultimate Grand Prix. So, Harry, what are your thoughts on the calendar? (sighs) Look, I don't want to be disappointing or down about this because a full calendar of F1... In the you know, in light of what we've had to go through this year, with you know half a year of no racing at all, is a, is a thing to be celebrated. But you know, a little bit sad. I mean, there's a TBC on there which could become something cool, but who knows? Uh, but I'm I'm a little bit sad that none of the great circuits we've been to this year have made their way back onto the calendar. And maybe that's naive. Maybe that's being too hope, hopeful of something that was never going to happen and 2020 will just you know live as a as an extraordinary year but um yeah i was kind of hoping for a bit more it is very much back to normal uh apart from saudi arabia which my god i, I I've, yeah we've spoken about this already like we don't need to go to saudi arabia and as sam pointed out the other day brazil's not even the penultimate round anymore it's the it's the third from last 
which is is just it's hang on disgusting correct it's disgusting it should be the finale quite frankly i might just count it as a finale and not watch the last two races <laughs> next year that's not gonna happen is it um yeah look, I, I yeah i don't like, like i said i don't want to complain too much about the calendar because a full calendar of f1 is something to be celebrated and there's still some you know great tracks and it'll be great to go to the ones we didn't actually go to this year i'm thinking australia uh japan places like that baku um also shout out to vietnam now i know we've done this on our league and it's the worst circuit ever created for an f1 car but at least give the poor guys in Vietnam a chance. They've not even had. They built this circuit, didn't get to race there this year because of Corona, and then F1 are like, "Yeah, you missed your chance, mate. Off you go. Take it down. We're, we're not. We're not doing that anymore." So, uh, bye. Yeah, that seems incredibly harsh. Maybe they'll fit into the TBC slot. I don't know. Um, and then my last only uh, last point, redeeming feature of the calendar is that Sao Paulo is currently on there with an asterisk next to it, but it is on there. So. Only good things can happen there. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's all I've got to say about that, if we're being honest. Fair, fair enough. No worries at all. Um, but, yeah, I think the uh, the Brazilian Grand Prix was definitely one that was under threat. So it is good to see that that one has reappeared. Sam, what are your thoughts on the calendar and something of a, a normal calendar? Well, funny enough, we've just spoke about Sao Paulo there. I've just seen a rumour that it's put pen to paper for another five-year deal to stay on the calendar. So if that comes true, there is something to celebrate. On the other hand, firstly, Vietnam. I'd like to have seen it once, all right? It's been around a long time. We've been talking about it for ages. They put so much money and time into building this circuit. And we'll never even get a bloody see the thing. We had to see South Korea. At least let us see bloody Vietnam. I mean, I get that there's issues with the government. That's what the problem is at the moment, isn't it? There's a corruption thing. Lol, we're going to Saudi Arabia. Um, so yeah, pretty gutting that we don't get to see that because I feel like we got some absolute carnage around Vietnam. In terms of the actual track that's been confirmed, 22 races currently with the TVC to make it the 23. Um, I think the 23 feels a little too much. Uh, when you look at the dates, there are going to be some people who will not get a weekend free. Their families will not see them. They will not leave their lounge. Daylight will be a myth to them for a long period of time. But even more so, I feel sad for the race teams. I feel sad for the members of the, you know, the teams that make up the crew, the PR teams, you know, the hospitality crews, the engineers, the admins, all those people who don't get to go home. They get to, you know, yes, I'm wrong. They have a brilliant job. We all would like, love to be in one of their spots doing this job, but they also have families. They also deserve to have time off. You know, mental health is important as we've tried to show this year in F1 with the mind uh, sponsorship as well. We race as one means also, looking at the well-being of the families involved and the people involved. And I do think that 23 races takes up a heckin' large amount of the year. Um, in terms of the tracks that make up that time that's being featured, I will happily drop to a 17-18 race calendar, as we're going to have this season. And this season has been bloody great with just 17 races. not even there yet at the end of it, but it's been bloody great so far. And get rid of Spain. Get rid of Russia. Get rid of Abu Dhabi. You can already boot Saudi Arabia off before we've even got there. Although I do feel like the poor oppressed people of Saudi Arabia deserve some sport. But at the same time, don't give the government the satisfaction for their human rights awfulness. 
You know, there are so many tracks that you should just be like, throw out the window. They don't need to be around again. And we've had some fantastic spectacles at races that now won't be there, like Turkey, for example. Turkey's a fan favorite. And I'd be shocked if we get a dull race at Turkey this weekend. And F1 is like, you know, that horrible ex-girlfriend that you got rid of four or five years ago. And now no one loves her anymore. No one wants to be near her anymore because she's horrible. And she's picked up the phone going, oh, hello, Turkey. And Turkey's going, you want me back? Yep, yeah, cool, I'm here. Next season, you're out again. See you later. It, that, it's horrible. Get, these tracks are iconic. Get them on a rotational basis and stop bringing about the same boring tracks that people complain about year after year after year. I am quite disappointed with the calendar. I think there's a lot wrong with it. We're also trying to be um, carbon neutral. There's no change to the layout of the calendar to make it so that plane fares and transportation make sense. I think at one point we go Canada. No, we go fr- Baku, Canada, France. Like, why? Why is that happening? So it's a bit of a farce to me. It's a bit silly. I'm, I'm glad we're going to get more races. Don't get me wrong. I still think there are too many races. As Harry said, there is a reason to celebrate. But there's a lot of things that I've got issue with this uh, for next season coming up. Yeah, I, I think I I completely agree with how many there are uh, and it being too many. Uh, for me, 23 is too much. Um, I would personally say that an F1 season does not need to be longer than 20 races long. And I think 18 to 20 is, is the optimum. Uh, and for the reason that you gave as well, Sam, in that it is such a stress on these F1 teams. And if there was a way for the Formula One drivers and the Formula One drivers only to, to go racing and it wasn't a stress on, on anyone else within the team, I'm sure the drivers would be happy enough to do 40 races a season. But ultimately, it's it's not those it's not the drivers that need to be thought about here when it when it comes to all of these weekends away and, and the hardware. It is the teams. Uh they're the ones who bear the brunt of it. And you know, if you're looking at nearly half of all weekends in a year being taken up, that that's a lot of time. And ultimately there is also a case to say that if you have too many Grand Prix, does it take away the value from each, from each individual one? Ultimately, and I forget what Liberty Media described it as, I feel as if it was probably something along the lines of every Grand Prix should be a Super Bowl weekend or something along those lines. It sounds very Liberty Media. But the point is that they kind of have this emphasis over it should be an event. It should be something special to have within either you know, at a historic circuit or at a vibrant in a vibrant city. And if they want to go down that route, they do risk diluting it somewhat by having too many of these Grand Prix. Um, yeah, so I think there does come a point where quality needs to, you know, quality needs to be looked at over quantity. Uh, I think overall the calendar, I'm not surprised with how it looks. I think it had to be expected. Um, the main problem for F1, uh, and this is a phrase that all the three of us absolutely love for a very internal joke reason, but they've opened the box of change here. They, um, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Wow, you brought that one out. <laughs> they, they've, they've opened the box of change in that they have shown what is possible. So in previously, when we were discussing, oh, wouldn't F1 be great to go back to Imola? Wouldn't F1 do well at Algarve? These were very theoretical questions without much basis behind them, without much of an intent of this could actually happen. It was always seen as completely unrealistic. However, now we're in a position where we've seen F1 at the Nürburgring in 2020. We've seen it at Algarve and at Imola and we've loved it. 
And I think a lot of these races, Imola in particular, Mugello in particular, they haven't necessarily been overtaking fests, but we've still loved them nonetheless, which just goes to show that these circuits that have character, these circuits that do punish mistakes by having grass and gravel right by the side of the track, they are enjoyed by people who watch F1. And now they're stripping it away from us again. So ultimately, if you didn't show, you know, they've stepped in in 2020 and done a wonderful job. Uh, and F1 are going to be very thankful for that. But they're not back on the calendar. People are going to now say, well, we've we've just seen that and we really liked it. Now we don't get it. What's up with that? I will say hopefully in 2022, when the cars, uh, new cars come in, maybe they'll reconsider the calendar at that point. I am fairly doubtful in that respect. But yeah, I'm sad, particularly when it comes to the likes of the Nürburgring and, and Algarve. I, I really would have liked to see those two feature again, but I wasn't expecting it at all. In terms of the TBC that's currently on the calendar, Sam, any any inklings as to what that might be? Well, it's meant to be, what, the fourth Grand Prix of the, of the calendar? Yes. And logically, for a normal person, this is not the F1 Liberty Media planning team. For a normal person, you pick something that geographically makes sense. Now, currently the calendar goes, what, Australia, Bahrain, and then what's third at the moment? China. It's China. So you can see... (laughs) See, I'm waiting a Trump that there will be um, a circuit in that region, in the Asia region probably. So you can assume that maybe, I don't know, India could, could step in. Would love a bit of India, maybe maybe South Korea. I've already slagged it off once, but you know it, it that could come back, right? And I'd be okay with that. I what I would absolutely love though is Bathurst. So if you can make that work, oh. I'd be a happy boy. It's not going to happen. We're fully aware it's not going to happen, but I think that makes logical sense. I I am nervous that they're going to put something incredibly dull in, or just absolutely remove it entirely. And I, that, actually, I'd rather they remove it entirely than put something dulling. But um, if they end up slapping like a European race in there, it would be a little bit silly because, again, we're jumping to and from and to and from. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see one of those Asian circuits get to step in and have another go that maybe got ushered out a few years ago. They brought some good races. They were quite fun. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm not certain what they're going to put in there, if I'm totally honest. Just, I just don't know, Jeff. Don't know. I know. Do you know, Harry? Yeah, Snetterton. Oh, oh good yes. Good shout. Come on. Um, no, a serious suggestion. What about Malaysia? Yes! Bang! Why, why not, lads? Uh, I'm all for I, it. I, 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 there was a rumour a while ago I thought I saw about Malaysia making a return. But, um, yeah, why not? It does the right sort of area of the planet and time of year. Um, well, I say time of year, every time of year is monsoon season in Malaysia, I think. But um, look, yeah, I, I, I'd go there. That's why I'd put in uh, in TBC. I love that. That is brilliant suggestion. Best thing you've ever said. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think actually F1 have got a number of options here because, well, first of all, they've had so many, cal- uh, so many circuits step in this season, but... Actually, in terms of the the date of the of the race, and also in terms of location, I actually think they've got a number of options. Just because I know they're in China the fortnight before, but China. the race after 
is uh, the race after they are back in Europe, I believe. So I think round five is Spain. Could be wrong on that, but I think <laughs> I think they go back to Spain. So theoretically, it, they could be in Europe for that race. They'd just be going back a, a you know a couple of weeks before they were expecting to. So I think they could they could have another race in Asia as they was planning to. But I don't think it would be too disruptive if they did go back to um, they did go back to Europe. Considering Spain is is round five, maybe round four could be an Iberian round as well. Algarve, that would be quite cool. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Turkey actually does make an appearance again next season. If I had to, I mean, I haven't really got a clue, but if I spent money on it at the moment, I'd probably say Turkey is going to be the one that takes it. Um, but the Malaysia suggestion for me is the one I'd, I'd love the most. That is absolutely... Sepang is missing from this calendar. Well, I know there are a lot of circuits that we'd love to see year in, year out, but Sepang is very near the top of the list, if not at the top of the list of the circuits that we've been to in modern times that just should be there. It's a great circuit. So, um, yeah, that's that takes my pick. But Snetterton's good as well. Snetterton is the best choice, to be honest. I think it's the only choice. Hey, hours. If it's good enough Cadwell for Park. Johnny Herbert and it's his favourite circuit, it's good enough for us. That's our motto with pretty much everything. I think you live on the track. He no. does in the middle. Right in the middle of it. <laughs> Herbert's hole. <laughs> for legal reasons, Johnny Herbert does not live in a hole in the middle of Smetterton. <laughs> Please don't say worse. Break into it when it's closed and find that hole. He's in there. He does. It's just after the straight, just under the bridge, you know, just as you go into the final yeah. sector. It's right there. All you'll hear echoing is, Johnny Herbert, leave, leave, leave. <laughs> on repeat on the PA system. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> right. Let's move on quickly. Um, who is favourite for P4 in the championship? Does anyone know? Um, not Johnny a fight Herbert. we expected. No, it's not Johnny Herbert. Yeah, so it's not. I mean, it's not a fight we expected because, uh, but you know, Ferrari made the decision to be rubbish, and Alex Albon has underperformed. So, after two podiums in F in three races, it's Daniel Ricciardo who is in that fourth spot at the moment on ninety five points. Theoretically, his challengers are, are likely to be Charles Leclerc in fifth on eighty five points, and Perez in sixth on eighty two. It take a strong effort from anyone else to get in the conversation, but Norris signs. Albon, Gasly and Stroll, they're not completely out of it as well. So, Sam, who do you think got this one? It's got to be my guy, Danny Rick. The honey badger is tearing it up, you know. I mean, the guy is putting in such stellar performances at the moment. Every race we turn up to, you can almost bet your bottom dollar that Danny Rick's going to give it give it everything. And he regularly does. How many fourth places does he have already this season? And now has two podiums as well. Um, the guy's in the right place at the right time. He's not getting lucky. He is putting the car in a place. If something were to happen in front of him, he gets lucky. The only time that, you know, he didn't was, was it when Kvyat jumped him on the safety car? You know, that's, a, it's, ah, you know, you, you can't call a safety car. Now, again, that's maybe just something that you can't call that doesn't go his way. And I think that Danny Rick is, is turning up the heat. I think we're seeing Danny Rick from kind of the last season, the season before last that he was in Red Bull. You know, this is prime time Danny Rick. Uh, fun fact for you, I know a lot of people don't seem to know this, but Danny Rick's older than Sergio Perez, by the way. Um, and I think that that guy is killing it. Sergio Perez is doing a great job. I just don't think that racing point is able to bring it. 
as much as the Renault is at the moment. I think the Renault's development this season has been really strong, and the Racing Point just don't seem to be able to put it together at the final hurdle. Charles Leclerc is an absolute driving god at the moment. The way he is outperforming where that Ferrari should be is breathtaking, and I really do think that, you know, if it weren't for the fact that we're going to Bahrain twice, then he might have a shot at it, but I think that Renault is quite literally a missile in a straight line, and that Ricardo's got a good shot on maybe another podium coming up. So... Uh, I think Ricardo has it mainly down to the, his current form, which is just spectacular, and the fact that the tracks we're going to after Turkey really suit what that car is capable of at the moment. What do you reckon, Harry? Do you think that Ricardo's got the edge, or do you think he'll be overtaken by someone? Uh, I would put Danny Rick as one of my drivers of the season, so I would not like to bet against him. Um, I do think the uh, my, one of my other drivers of the season is probably Perez, uh, but he's just perhaps been slightly more unlucky, you know, missing two races because of COVID, uh, that kind of thing. So if Perez can get some more luck, I think he is he is in super form at the moment. He deserved that podium in, in Imola. If Racing Point hadn't brought him in, I think he would have held on to it. Um but yeah, I, I I would not want I would not want to bet against Ricardo. I think he's driving so, so well at the moment. And to be fair, Leclerc is as well. So any of those three, uh, I think could could take it. Um, slash deserve P P four. I think they they've all driven superbly this year. So uh, yeah, I don't know, but I, I I'll go with Danny Rick because I think uh, it's it's harder to catch up at this stage than it is to lose a lead. I would say. Yeah, so I just jinxed it. Sorry, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Danny Rick. No chance now. Um, but yeah, I, I I would agree with that. In that Ricardo does have the advantage. Four rounds left, so he would be uh, he would be the favourite for this. Um, yeah, Ricardo's Ricardo's been on fire this season, uh, and outside of Lewis Hamilton, I, I think he's maybe either been the second or third best driver. I think he's competing with Verstappen on that front. Um, two podiums in the last three, but he's actually been in the top four, four times in the last seven races, which is incredible consistency. Doing a, a really solid job against Esteban Ocon, who is is no pushover, even with his time out of F1. You know, Ricardo's done a fantastic job. And, and Renault, in terms of the team, have done a really good job this season on, on working on their weakness. So we remember because the first few races of the season, Renault weren't really there. You know, that they, there were a few okay performances here and there, but they were regularly not up there with the likes of McLaren and racing point. If you remember back to, if you remember back to Spain, for example, they had an awful day then. Ocon and Ricardo both finished outside of the points and, and were never even close to threatening the points that day. They also seemed to struggle at Hungary as well. So, um, I, I think it became, I, I think it became uh, an observation at that point in the season that maybe the Renault just isn't isn't quite there on these on these types of circuits, you know, the circuits that don't rely on uh, straight up engine performance. But they've really worked on that throughout the year because we've seen Danny Rick pick up a podium at Imola, a circuit where you don't have too much in the way of reliance on top speed. And also at, um, at Mugello as well. You know, Daniel Ricciardo did a really good job there. I think he finished fourth on that race as well. So they've clearly worked on that. They can perform on all types of circuits now. With Bahrain coming up, rightly said, Sam, he's got a real chance at a podium there. 
but I wouldn't count out the others as well. I mean, Charles Leclerc, sorry, God as his uh, is his real title. <laughs> Charles Leclerc. <laughs> Leclerc. Charles Leclerc is just his human name, but he, he is God. Um, he's done a wonderful job this year as well. He's been up there as one of the drivers of the season. I would agree that he won't get it just because, I mean, Bahrain itself is going to be difficult. Abu Dhabi is going to be really difficult. The Sakia Grand Prix, where they use the outer layout. Good God. Ferrari might well end up 12 laps down after 14 laps. <laughs> <laughs> they are in trouble. Um, yeah, it's just such a reliance on straight line speed at a, a number of these circuits coming up, which is not exactly Ferrari's forte. See, I told you, Ferrari, I wasn't just going to get that opening jab in the uh, in the intro for you. There was plenty more coming. Yeah, I don't think Leclerc's going to get it for those reasons. But Perez, I think, has got a good chance. I know he's 13 points behind Ricardo, but I, I didn't realise this until earlier today. Perez has scored points at every single Grand Prix this season that he's entered. It's only the, the two COVID races he misses that he, he hasn't scored points. Every other time, him and Hamilton are the only ones to do it. So he's clearly yeah. been... So the, only, the, the only other one is about to win his seventh world title. So Exactly. Well done, Jeff, <laughs> Yeah, not not too shabby at all. He's been very consistent. Uh, Perez is in a position where he's uh, he's sick from the championship. The five drivers ahead of him, of course, all have podiums, um, and the five drivers below him all have podiums as well, which is, is is very harsh on Sergio Perez. He doesn't have one, but it kind of proves the point that if he's beating five drivers who have got podiums this year, it is his consistency that's coming through. And the second half of this season in particular, Perez has been on fire. I agree that he should have got the podium in Imola. And I think he will have a few opportunities. Racing Point are being quite bullish about their chances in the next few races. They think they've got a, they think they've got a really good chance. So maybe Perez can take it away from Ricardo. But I am not betting against the Hardy Badger. That usually doesn't end well. As proven when he finally uh, beat my my duck of getting Nico Hulkenberg wrong in teammate teammate wars every year, so I need to I owe it to Danny Rick to go with him. Really. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to uh, whether Ferrari have a bit of a problem their car, but do they have another problem potentially? So historically, it's uh, it's Red Bull's young driver program. I think we can say that has received the most praise. But right now, it's Ferrari that appears to be best in class, at least in something. We're not sure at the moment what the future holds for the drivers, but at the time of recording, they've got three of the top five drivers in Formula 2. And as we know, the champ of F2 can't race in the series again. Harry, do you think that they have something of a problem on their hands here with not enough seats to go around? Um, I think it depends who wins it as to how big a problem it becomes for them. If uh, Mick Schumacher doesn't win it, I think it becomes more of an issue because you'd have to imagine that Mick's the one they're going to take into F1 next year. Um, and if Mick wins it, uh, Mick doesn't win it, Callum Eilert wins it, uh, you know, that could see Callum with that, without a drive potentially. I mean, it's a, it's a nice problem for Ferrari to have. And you ought to say the Young Driver Academy is working relatively well. Charles Leclerc being a, an example of that. And they've got these you know, three young talents that are coming through that all, all show a lot of promise in Schumacher, Eilat and Schwartzman. So, um, yeah, could be an issue. It's a bit, bit of a backlog there. It, it makes the Giovinazzi signing to Alfa Romeo that little bit more surprising. 
um, because they have these drivers in waiting. And as you say, there, there could be an issue where one, you know, misses out on a seat. I think Schwartzman will probably do another year in F2 anyway. So that's potentially not an issue for them. And by then, Giovinazzi may have moved on. But um, yeah, it, it, it could become a bit of a problem. But like I said, I think it's a nice problem for them for them to have. And if Schumacher wins the F2 title, I think it, you know, it ties up a bit you know, more nicely for them. Schumacher wins the title. He can't do F2 next year. He's the one who gets moved into the Haas, which I think will happen anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, again, like I say, I think the the signing of Giovinazzi is just that little bit more confusing because they have these drivers in waiting. What do you reckon, Sam? Do you think that they could have a problem? I think they could. Um, I feel like this Ferrari Academy section is like one of those old mobile games you used to play where the car was in the car park. You had to move the other cars out the way, like the bus, you had to pull that over there. You've got to pull the taxi down. Oh, no, that bus is now in the way, so I've got to read it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of moving parts, and you've got to get one car out of the car park. Ideally, Ferrari will want Callum Eilert to win the F2 championship. Callum Eilert's already said he will not participate in F2, regardless of what happens next season. So if he wins the F2 championship, that's two birds, one stone. He was already not going to participate. So that stops Mick from not being able to participate if he doesn't win it. And also stop Schwartzman not being able to participate if he ends up winning it. So they should bust out the way in the car park. Callum Eilert needs to win that title. The issue is, if Schwartzman wins it, unlikely, but possible, then that means their youngster, the guy they've expected they could give a little more time to, now has to leave the series. Meaning they either need to bump Schwartzman up, Schwartzman up, Schwartzman up as soon as possible when he theoretically probably isn't ready or they put him into a different category which could theoretically hinder his growth in terms of singles open cockpit seaters. Um, Schumacher winning the title is also problematic. Yes, it's good for Schumacher's career. Yes, it shows that he is ready. But if Haas only take one guy, Callum Eilert's already leaving and Schumacher has to leave as well. So that means their two most promising developed drivers are one of them is guaranteed to not have a seat. And they now need to pick and choose which one they want to go to that house. Maybe they'll get lucky and both can go in. I mean, Schwartzman could do that other year. Probably the ideal situation for Ferrari right now. But chances are that won't happen. And I think they could find themselves in a sticky situation. I think regardless, they're going to have to beg, borrow and steal and try and put one of their drivers into a series that doesn't necessarily benefit them. If Callum Eilert ends up going into IndyCar or WEC or something along those lines, how, does this help him? IndyCar, possibly. WEC, I'm not too sure. Uh, we've seen what taking some time out of the sport can do for you. Look at Ocon. Great driver. Not sure he's the same that he was before he took that gap out. Pascal Verlein, one of the guys that was really coming through. Do you think he's really got what it takes now to come back into Formula 1? Unlikely. So I'm a little nervous for Eilat mainly. I think Schumacher will get the call up because of the name. He is leading the championship. He'll probably wing it. He's the desired force to go into that car next year. Ferrari fans love him. It makes sense. Eilat has been by far probably the most consistent driver of the season out of the three of them. And um, I feel like it would be a little unfair if he ends up doing absolutely nothing. And it could falter his career because he's come up at the same time with so much talent. And Schwartzman, Schwartzman will get another year in F2. Schwartzman, I think, won't win the championship. And Schwartzman will get another year. So I think that issue is solved. But it could definitely be dicey if it doesn't go the right way for them. Yeah, I, I guess the question: Can you ever have too much talent in a in a uh, in an academy? 
No, but it does lead to development issues because you have to manage it and you have to manage it from manage it from both respects. So first of all, you need to make sure that drivers don't get promoted before they're ready. But at the same time, you don't want drivers who are definitely ready for the next step to be stagnating in a, in a series that they're too good for. So they have to manage both of those and they've just found themselves in a in a position where they've got a number of drivers who are at a very similar time in their career with development. I think they can maybe consider themselves weirdly lucky that Marcus Armstrong has had a strangely poor year in Formula 2 because I figured he might well be in this conversation as well, in which case it would have been even more difficult to manage. Schumacher at the moment is is the favourite to win the championship. He's, he's got a 22-point lead over Callum Eilert uh, and Eilert's got a uh, significant advantage over the next guy as well, so Ayuki Sonoda. So I, I think, you know, in an ideal world, Schumacher will win the championship. He'll go to Haas. It won't be an issue at all. However, that it might not end up that way. It's Formula 2. Anything happens and does happen. So who knows? Ragunathan might well come back and win the championship with four rounds to go. It could happen. It is Formula Two, so uh, what they do, it's it's really difficult. You know, Robert Schwartzman can definitely, having only done one year in Formula Two, I think he could he could definitely benefit from a second season in Formula Two. If Schumacher was to miss out on the championship and not go to Haas, would he benefit from a third season in Formula Two? I'm, I'm not so sure, and we don't know what Callum Eilert's going to do as well. Obviously, the the F two champ the F two champion needs needs a spot, and there is a chance that if they make it depends what order they do it. If they make the announcement of who races for Haas before the F two championship is decided, then they're in they're in a bit of trouble because if then Schwartzman goes on to win or Eilert goes on to win, it doesn't first of all doesn't look great for let's say Schumacher who gets the seat that he's been beaten by someone within his own academy. Um, but then it leaves a, a question of what you do with the other driver. Um, and yeah, ultimately there are, there are solutions. So Pierre Gasly has done it before where he's won formula two, hasn't gone straight into formula one. They put him in super formula, which is uh, a decent development ground as well. And there are other options too, but, but ultimately F2 is specifically designed to be a development ground for formula one in terms of tires, in terms of giving them the overtaking skills, thanks to the reverse grid race. Uh, they're actually, you know, on the same weekends as Formula One, so they can get used to the paddock. It is perfectly designed to be a development ground. And that's not to say that the likes of Super Formula can't be useful in that respect. But, you know, ultimately, would you rather sleep in your own bed or would you rather sleep in your car? Yes, you can sleep in your car and it will be somewhat beneficial, but it's not what it's designed for. You'd rather sleep in your own bed. That's what Formula 2 is compared to something like Super Formula. So um, what I think Ferrari should do and what they might well be doing is speaking to Haas and saying, you're going to take one of our junior drivers. Please wait on the announcement until the Formula 2 season is over. Whoever wins the championship gets that seat. If none of them win the championship and Sonoda surprises and wins, then give it to Schumacher. Because at that point, all three of them have real incentive. Not as if they don't have any at the moment, but they have got real incentive to go out and win that championship. And it's just based on how well they perform. But t- potentially a tough call. Depends on what Schumacher does, really. Right, I've had enough of you two, so I think we're going to call it there. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah, jeez.
Just kidding. Of course. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Um, Sam, it's if not. you wouldn't mind. It's not. Oh, shut up, you losers. <laughs> <laughs> Had enough of you. Um, shut up. I'm ending this now. Right. If I'm your favorite late breaking member, which I clearly am then make sure you share the podcast. Uh, show it to your favourite people. No one's going to share Make sure your postman hears it. Um, make sure the people in Sainsbury's get to hear it. That's very important. Uh, let us know what you think of the topics discussed today. Get over to Twitter, at LBreaking, chat to us there. Go over to YouTube. We've got videos coming about out about Nico Rosberg. You know, is he needed back in the sport? Do we miss him? We'll also have a video coming out as well next week, so keep your eyes peeled on that as well. You know, do young drivers get dropped a little too soon? How much time should they get? Lots of content coming out. Try and get those subs built up, so please join us for the journey. In the meantime, I've been Sandy Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. I've been Ralph Furman. And remember... Keep breaking late.
Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.